You just got all the movie themes down, don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonder Woman last time. You got Spider-Man this time. <laughs> yep. I have to assemble. Out. I know. I have to assemble a small orchestra every time, but you know what? Uh, people owe me a lot of favors, so. That's <laughs> it's, fair. It's That's easy. Fair. No. A little longer this yeah, a little longer this week, just for fun. Um, sure. Yes, welcome to everybody to another episode of the Brian Trust. Um, what we're calling uh, apparently what is now our our metahuman movie series. Uh, this is our our half seen movie series because only one of us again has seen the movie. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, well, work got in the way again. I that, know that's happened again. Priorities. You know, it's yeah. Um, yes, this time we're we're going to talk this week about Spider-Man: Homecoming. It will be a spoilerific episode a little later on down the road. We're not going to cover the entire episode because we don't want to. So that way, for those of you who enjoy listening to us babble on without and don't want spoilers, then we'll be okay for this first part of the the first part of the episode, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into we'll actually get into Spider-Man: Homecoming a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about kind of like what we did with the Wonder One episode. I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of. Spider-Man on screen because he's got a lot more going on than mm-hmm. than uh, than Wonder Woman has. Obviously, I mean, this is Homecoming is the sixth movie just this century in the last you know fifteen years or so, fifteen twenty years um, wow. that has made it to the screen, <laughs> uh, which is a little crazy. Um, I still can't believe we're seventeen years into this century. I know, I know. I just, oh, okay. But uh, and then he's got, you know, and then they've also got. Um, let me think. So there were multiple, multiple cartoons with Spider-Man. I love the cartoons. Uh, I love yes, his appearance all... in the Electric Company. Remember that whole thing? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> and, and the um, and the comic strips. Yes, like it used to be. It used to be like a daily com- in the in the comics and newspaper. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the case, but it mm. used to be they they would print like daily, syndication, yeah. which was kind of cool. Um, so they've been working this Spider Man. He's he's been around. Yeah, well, I mean there there were multiple cartoons. Obviously, the the one in the sixties, the the theme song with the theme song that everybody remembers. Yeah, and the Spider Man, Spider Man. You know that one. Um, and I have a link to the show notes for that for that as well. But there were live action versions as well of Spider Man prior to this. Really, both from the seventies. So that should give you a clue as to the quality. Was that both short lived and both from the seventies? So yeah, there was in the in nineteen seventy seven seventy eight. Wow, uh, something like that. There was uh, a live action, and this was actually one that I remember seeing as a kid. Um, called the Amazing Spider Man. And it was uh, it starred Nicholas Hammond. Oh, uh, this was one that was it was aired on CBS. Um, really, it was, and it was actually the funny thing was it at first, yeah, it was first, yeah, the the Spider Man in the Electric Company, which is what we remember, yeah, like you were talking about on PBS, that was the actual first live action appearance. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but then they did a series in like 1977 and ran for like two seasons to well, oh, two, yeah. like two half seasons and Nicholas Hammond and ah. uh, as, as Peter Parker and spider, but as an adult, right. Essentially, um, huh. with the spider and he, you know, he does all that stuff. And right. it's interesting because I remember some of it here and there. Um, 
And it was on the same time as Wonder Woman, which was also on CBS at the time. Ah. Uh, at least for Wonder Woman's second season, I think. And then in 79, they canceled both of those shows because oh. they didn't want to become the superhero network. Right. You know, so they, they basically that. didn't want to become what ABC is now, or the CW is now, basically. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so it was, and that's, you know, it was one of those things where it was, yeah, it was really short-lived, uh, but it was kind of fun. And... You know, the effects, when you see the effects, and I have a, I have a clip of, I have, I have, there's a, I have a link on YouTube to the pilot episode, which was like an hour and a half, because uh, mm-hmm. it was a TV movie pilot, and who knows how long it'll be up on YouTube, because you're never sure. Um, mm-hmm. But it's interesting, because you watch the effects, like the process shots for him climbing the walls, and like the rope that comes out on a wire with the, for the spider, <laughs> for the web fluid. Yeah. <laughs> like, you look at it, it does not hold up, no. but... Kudos to Nicholas Nick Hammond because he did a really good job playing Peter Parker. I thought um, he was also like he was a guy who was also, um, but he was in The Sound of Music, right? As a kid, like the movie, you know, he was Friedrich oh, with like the older yeah. son, and yeah. then, um, but then he was also like he did a bunch of stuff like that. But The Sound of Music is like the thing he's really well known for. Mm-hmm. But then he did. Um, he was in the. He did. He did make an appearance or two in in the Logan's Run TV series. Um, that he's that he um, that was later on. That was like another series. Yeah, that was that was another very short lived series adaptation of a movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's popped up here and there as an actor and stuff, but. Um, but he was big in the seventies and stuff, and so that. But yeah, so the Amazing Spider-Man was, it was cheesy as all get out to a, mm-hmm. to a sense. But so the other one was not in this country; it was Japanese. Oh, Japanese Spider-Man is insane. Really, it's, a, it's amazing because it's just it's really just bizarre, and it it takes a lot of liberties with. The, it's still he's still wearing the same costume. Because essentially, yeah. what happened was Marvel licensed the rights to toy, to, 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 you know, um, I I can't remember, but it's 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 what they call loosely based on Spider-Man, the Toei uh, TV series. Yes, T-O-E-I. And he, well, yeah. here's the big thing: was he he had a freaking giant robot. He basically had his own Zord. Wow! And this was kind of one of the inspirations for um, eventually for what became the Power Rangers. Ah! And this was sort of that. That I idea, uh, yeah, uses a lot of special effects and like fought all these like weird monsters and things. And I've seen a few episodes of this, and it really is just bat crap crazy <laughs> <laughs> to us, to us, I guess. right? You know, I mean, for for a Japanese, you know, for Japanese audiences at the time, maybe it was really awesome. I don't know, because essentially, yeah. it, as opposed to being bitten by a radioactive spider. This kid, this kid sees this UFO falling to Earth, and that's the giant robot. Oh, um, and his father is investigating and gets killed or something, and then he discovers the. Yeah, it's really yeah. I I can't even if you read the Wikipedia entry on it, which I'll have in the show notes. It really is. Um, yeah, it's just insane. Uh, but it's it, the, the it's it's really interesting to watch. One, yeah. it, like you watch one, and he's like really. There's a lot of angst. <laughs> he's almost like a CW superhero. <laughs> like there's a lot of angst over his dad's death and mm. things like that, which I think was just really strange. 
Um, and they even have a pronunciation in Japanese of Spider-Man. 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 Oh, Spider-Man. It was really, yeah, it was crazy. So... Yeah, they have, um, and so there, and there were a number of, uh, like we said, there were a number of cartoon series as well. Obviously, starting with the '60s, uh, the the '60s cartoon, uh, and then there was, I guess, there was one in '81, hmm. which I don't remember seeing, but it introduced a lot of the uh, villains and stuff. Hmm. But it wasn't as popular. It was done by uh, depending for like the guys who did like the seventy eight, like the new Fantastic Four, which introduced like Herbie the Robot and mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. Like there was a whole series that and Spider Woman animated TV series as well. Mm. Um, but that but that wasn't as popular as the one that I remember, which is Spider Man and His Amazing Friends, which was him and Ice Iceman and Firestar. Oh yeah, yeah. That one was that was terrific. Like I just I remember that one very vividly. Seeing that because that came along right when, right at the right age for me. I think it was about seven or eight when it first premiered. Huh. So that was one I read, and that ran for like three years. So mm. like, woo, woo. Um. So it was, yeah. That's so they, Spider-Man. yeah, Spider Man and his amazing friends, and then yep, and. Who so knew? You got that. Who knew there was yeah, so yeah, much history the, with Spider-Man? Yeah, and then there was Spider-Man, the animated series from the mid-90s uh, that was like a Fox... I think that was one of the Fox Kids shows. Oh. With uh, X-Men and some... There were some really popular, like, well-done animated adaptations of Marvel stuff at the time. Hmm. Um, and this one, that one ran for... That one also ran for like three, three and a half years, I think. Something like that. Like, for like three seasons. And that was really well, and and that's why that was that's still considered until I guess Ultimate Spider-Man uh, aired in uh, recently. That's more of a recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was considered like one of the most popular Spider-Man adaptations ever, mm. before the movies, obviously. But I mean, it was in terms of animated because it was very uh, true to the comics, obviously. But it just um, it just had it had a feel to it that I think that worked really well, and they mm. they introduced all the villains and the yeah things of that nature. So yeah, yeah, and that was cool. And then yeah, so then they did um, then they did Ultimate Spider Man, which is a recent thing. I think that's still running. Um, no, it ended uh, it ended this year actually mm. at the beginning of the year. But uh, because they because they're doing a new series. Uh, another they're doing a new animated show Disney announced a new one um, that's premiering next month actually mm. in August on Disney XD so they're doing and this is more of um, more like the current Spider you know it, based on like Spider-Man Homecoming I think it's more like that mm. uh, is what it looks like it's kind of like an origin more of an origin story mm. in a way I think mm. Because the outfit's different, the outfit looks more like the like his uh, like Spider Man's original suit in the movies, mm. like the the gym like the gym suit or whatever with the the goofy hood and the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks more like that. So mm. like he's just trying to sort of build that uh, build that persona. Yeah. Kind of so yeah, all right. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that was. It, it's a long history. Obviously, Spider-Man's been in the comics since the 60s. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking fa- at the Amazing looking Fantasy at- 15 from August 62, which is still one of the most valuable comic books right. out there. Um, yeah, in 2012, they, uh, they celebrated Stanley the 50 Steve year. Ditko. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be th- oh, it's the thirty fifth anniversary, forty thirty no the f- uh, fifty fifty fifth anniversary. Spider Man is fifty five years old next month. Mm. Which wow, is very good for being perennial teenager all that right. time. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, look at all this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm actually looking on CraveOnline.com, and they mm-hmm. have uh, a pretty good history of Spider Man. Yeah, and uh, and all of the, like everything through the years. Yeah, IO Nine had a really good, um, an interesting one. A lot of it was the take on the comic books. Yeah, but it was um, like every Spider-Man ever ranked. Yeah, they did like a ranking or something. So yeah. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Uh, and oddly enough, Peter Parker not number one. Hmm. How about that? Um. So I thought that was that was a little strange. Hmm. Um. But it was, uh, well, no, because the current one is uh, Miles Morales. Oh. The current Spider-Man, they rank number one, which I think is weird, but I I can't judge because I haven't read anything of Miles Morales. I haven't read any of the titles. I've kind of gotten off the comic book a little bit. Hmm. Um, but that was one where they had that. So, yeah, you know, it's... um. Yeah, IO9 ranked. Let me see if I got. I'm going to see if I can find. Oh, yeah, there it is. The greatest Spider Man of all time ranked. Oh. Um, yeah, I'll throw it in the show notes so we have it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty cool one, though, because, uh, like, all the different. Because there's, like, 40 different uh, versions of Spider Man that came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, some my crazy, goodness. crazy. And some, like, alternate universe Spider Man, alternate universe Peter Parkers and stuff. And. Yeah, it was. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Hmm. But um, yeah, interesting. Interesting side note. Uh, flashing back on the '70s TV Spider-Man that I was talking about. Apparently, yeah. for a while, I had read this somewhere. I'll see if to find if I can find the links for it again. There was um, from that '70s TV. Show, they were going to do a reunion show with the with that cast. Oh. On the Incredible Hulk. Whoa. Like they Whoa. were going to do a TV movie with the gang from the Incredible Hulk and Bill Bixby was going to direct and be in it. Wow. And, um, but Spider-Man was going to wear the black outfit. Oh. Like Nicholas Hammond was going to come back again as Spider-Man and he was going to be in the black in the black costume hmm. from Secret Wars. I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. But it never happened. Hmm. There's, there's conflicting stories because Hammond says he was told like Lou Ferrigno wasn't available. Oh. Um, because he was over in Italy filming the Hercules movies that he was in. Oh, okay. But then in Lou Ferrigno, in his autobiography, he said he was never contacted about it. So I don't know. Uh, so it's one of those like I don't know. Um, hmm. Which is which is fine. Yeah, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, and that's okay. It doesn't really in the end. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It didn't happen. So yeah, you know. Hmm. I mean, and that makes that actually fits with. What they eventually did with the Incredible Hulk, where they did those TV movies where they guest starred with other Marvel heroes. So they had one with Thor, mm. and they had one with Daredevil, um, and stuff like that. Which neither of them are great. The Thor one is actually terrible, but yeah. the guy who, the guy who played Thor was hilarious. Like I thought it was really well done in that aspect. The story was cheesy. The Daredevil one was actually really good. 
yeah. I thought. Um, because uh, Dare had they had Daredevil kind of in in more in the black outfit like he is in season one of the Netflix series and yeah and stuff like oh <laughs> I just put in the show notes as a uh, uh, there's an AI from Sphero of Spider Man and the oh. title is it's not creepy <laughs> yeah it's a little you know interactive toy that that always makes me it's always a little creepy especially when you get give them AI because yeah. there's only so many times that's gonna Right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Nine inches tall, this thing. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. That's kind of cool. That's... Fight some bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. This little spider that, thing. Without actually the... moving anywhere. You know, like, yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't Just know. move his eyes around and stuff. Yeah. And, it, right. and the spider lights up on his chest. Yeah. That's yeah. neat. Anyway. Well, that links to the movie, which we'll get to. Uh, right. So, right, right, right. But I, I think... And that's the thing, like, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to see if I could remember what my original exposure to Spider-Man was, because it wasn't the comic books. Mm-mm, me neither. I think it was actually the, I think it was actually the cartoon. Mine, the I cartoon. think, was the Electric was Company. The, yeah. I think, well, it might have been. I don't remember. Well, because I saw that in, in reruns, really. Uh, with I mean, the with the Electric Company, because that, right. that happened, I think, before the... When did that happen? No, that was before the that. Um, I can't remember exactly when that. I'm trying to remember when exactly that happened on the electric company because that was. I may I may have been I may have been around at that time. I do remember it. I do remember seeing it. Yeah. I just can't remember if I saw it kind of in first run or as a rerun or. Uh, mine was definitely first run. Spider Man. I remember seeing the the '60s Spider Man. Mm-hmm. For sure, first. But then I think I remember seeing Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends was the one I really got in on mm. uh, for that. And yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting names in the voice cast for that. For mm-hmm. sure, it was just like like Hans Conried play <laughs> was a villain in one episode. He played the chameleon, and that's that's a guy who was a voice actor and things. But he was in a ton of stuff throughout the years. Mm. Um, and this was a guy who was in some really, really good stuff. I'm trying to remember how far back it goes. It was... Because he was in... Was he in Casablanca? No, I don't think so. No, he was in a bunch of movies similar to that at the time. Mm. I'm trying to remember what was the movie... Oh, I can't remember what the one is that he was really well known for. Um... Mm, I'm blanking on it right now, but mm. <laughs> but he hey, did. Yeah, I mean, he was he was in a ton of movies when he was younger and in in the 40s and 50s and stuff. And then he moved into voice work when he got older. So, mm, mm. Um, so have you ever heard cool. the uh, Have you ever heard the uh, Spider-Man theme sung by the Ramones? I it's have actually, not. It's actually pretty good. I, I put a link to the YouTube. Uh, <laughs> The link yeah. to the YouTube for that. It's <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a punk out version of Spider Man by the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. It's good. That's cool. Yeah. No, I think it's. Uh, I think that's lovely. The yeah, lo- I, it's a lovely. Uh, I think my my uh, my introduction to Spider Man was probably. I think it was around the same time. It was the cartoons and it was the Electric Company. I want to say it was the cartoons first. I mm. think I used to watch the Spider-Man cartoons first, I and mean, those are the the early ones. 
you know. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I actually enjoyed those. I still enjoy those. Um, the and then of course Spider Man and the Electric Company, and then that was pretty much it uh, until the movie came out. Like mm. I really, I really didn't pay attention to it any any further. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I like I never got into the the Spider Man comic books when they dealt with. I, I remember at the time mm. I was into comic books, like that's when the Clone Saga happened and mm. a bunch of these grand storylines with Spider Man and and some stuff that was used um, later on in the movies and things. But I never, I, like, I never got into that title at the time. I was reading a lot of DC. Yeah. Um, so I was reading most of the Batman titles and right. um, things like that. Just I never, because I never really, uh, I I've never been a comic book person. I don't know. I just I it's never probably got better into that it. way. Um, for me, yeah. well, for me, it was really because the writing was really, really good mm-hmm. at the time when I got into it in like the mid to late nineties. Um, and what would happen is they'd have these crossovers, and being the perfectionistic completionist that I am, like mm-hmm. I have to go read that stuff too because I'd want the full story. And so I, I got to a point where I was spending two to three hundred dollars a month on comic books. Whoa! Uh, yeah, that that was unhealthy. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was, well, let me, I'm trying to, did you keep any one. of those comic books? Like, do you still have I them? did not. Eventually, I did eventually, um, I did eventually get rid of them. Like today, that would be about 450 to 500 bucks oh. a month. Oh my goodness. In terms of today's dollars. Sure. And, and that was, that was, but that was, with a like thirty percent discount for what I was buying in bulk, wow! Because I would read like everything, like I just I and that's the thing, like it was my drug, and I eventually I did carry them. I did have the books with me for a long time. I had like three or four long boxes. Like I didn't really bag and board stuff because I mm. wasn't like a collector. I just I just wanted to read them right once, and then I was done. But I didn't want to destroy them. <laughs> you know, right. I, I never like to destroy books if I can help it. If I can find a way to do something with them. Um, but after a few years, but they moved with me from like, I was living in Flagstaff at the time that happened and they moved with me to Wyoming and back to Phoenix and mm. like all over the place for about six or seven years. Mm. And then eventually I was like, well, this is become these, they're just becoming an albatross around my neck. Like I can't do it. Oh. So I ended up, what I did was I actually took them to Goodwill oh. and donated them. And it was funny. I remember the day I did it because I dropped them off and like, you want to receive them? Like, nope. Wow. I don't, I'm not taking the tax tax write off because it was probably about fourteen hundred dollars worth of comic books. Because some of them were worth some stuff, you know. And there's yeah. a guy who was like, you know, there's a comic book store about a mile over there. I'm like, I don't want the hassle because they're gonna lowball me anyway, you know. Because wow. that's what they do, and that's okay. It's like comic book stores are like a pawn shop half the mm-hmm. time when mm-hmm. they're buying stuff. It's because I've tried that before, and I've tried selling to stores before. It's terrible. Mm. And I didn't really care that much about the books. Like the stories stuck with me. Anyway, even not having the books, like so especially the the Batman stuff I'd gotten into because it was uh, something they called aftershock. Oh. So it was after he had had his back broken by Bane and then came back and uh, took over being Batman again. Mm-hmm. That, what happened was this giant earthquake like destroys Gotham, mm. essentially. <laughs> And so it's all the aftermath because there's gangs and things. So Batman and his crew. So he's got like Nightwing and and Batgirl at that time Oracle when because she's in the wheelchair, providing support. And then he calls on Asriel, who was the guy who took on the mantle of Batman while his back was broken. And this mm. guy's a little nuts. And Asriel became one of my favorite characters because it was really interesting. Mm. Um, but he's the guy with the flaming sword gauntlets. 
mm. kind of if you've ever seen let me see if i can find a, a picture of him so so you can see this it was um it was really i thought it was a really cool concept and they have uh, and he has come up in um the character has come up in gotham in the fox series gotham obviously not with the whole flaming gauntlet thing and, and you know it's a different take on it but it was let me see if i can find the yeah this guy mm-hmm. um he was part of like this secret order of monks but he was trained as an assassin and yeah it was it was oh. really interesting it was a really interesting character concept that i liked and i i did get into and he got his own series for a while his own comic book series for a while and so i was reading that also and that was kind of cool hmm it was the same kind of thing in a different way that kind of drew me to Deadpool mm. uh, originally back in the 90s when he first started appearing in his own titles and, and other kind of DC like second string heroes like Hitman, oh, yeah. who was kind of like DC's version of the Punisher oh, in yeah. a way. But he was like he was basically an assassin for hire. Right. Kind of thing, and it was way more like hard drinking. Hard, like it, was, it was played for comedy. But it was it was really well done. Like the Hitman, Hitman was one of my favorite titles too. So I mean, it was. So yeah, I mean, it was. But I, yeah, Spider Man wasn't wasn't something I had gotten into at the time, and I still don't now. I've 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 been tempted to go take advantage of like Marvel's Unlimited, yeah, digital subscription. But then I mm-hmm. realize I'm like that's probably going to be just as unhealthy for me because I already need I already have way too much stuff to read, right. And too much TV to watch, and too much things right. to get. Like I need to cut back. And that was the last time we saw Brian. Pretty much, yeah. It would. It would hey pretty guys, much like I just I, signed up for Marvel Digital I, Unlimited. I come that out, I look like Howard Hughes, like the beard's growing. I've got jars of urine in the corner. <laughs> you know, it's like, eh. He's just never seen gibberish. the sun. Right. Like they want. <laughs> They can't evict me because it just smells too bad in here. And right. It's like, eh. There's a foul stench coming from that apartment right there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, comic books, kids, here's the lesson. Comic books are great in moderation, like everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, question. Yeah, yes. Question. Uh, speaking of the Punisher, what whatever happened to that dude that... Uh, um, with the with the Comic Con thing in Phoenix, um, what happened with that? You remember? I have not heard anything since then. Um, I I would imagine he was tried and or you know put on trial something. I don't know. The only stuff that showed up in the you know the only stuff that shows up in the news was the articles when he got arrested. Yeah, after right. That that's it. After that, it doesn't really matter. No, right, right. Um, the the security at the time did after after Friday. Once they had that first day where they kind of ironed out the wrinkles in the enhanced yeah. security that they were doing, yeah. Saturday and Sunday you could get in pretty quickly. Like it, it oh, flowed yeah. pretty, it flowed pretty smoothly. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, um, so it wasn't too bad after that. But yeah, no, I haven't heard anything since then. I'm, I'm not totally surprised. I apparently, oh, here's an article from a few weeks later where he pled not guilty. Ah. Duh. of course. Yeah, well, of course you're going to. That's that. That's yeah. You know, that I'm sure his lawyers did that. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll go to trial eventually. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they'll bring it. I, I mean, I'll keep an eye out eventually, but I'm not that stressed yeah. about it. No. it was, I was just thinking, it just triggered that when you said the Punisher. I was like, oh, yeah. what happened to that dude? Yeah. The no, dude no, that he, was going to kill the Green Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, that was a super awkward press conference too. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> with Jason Franklin? He's up there talking to the press. Like really? I'm like you know? No, it was that was bizarre. Kind of life, um, people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Was, but uh, yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, so back on topic, Spider Man. Back on topic, Spider Man. No, Spider Man. Uh, Spider Man. Yeah, if he, I, I highly encourage you all to watch it. Go on YouTube, see if you can find an episode of that show, and just watch it. Even if you just watch the intro, which we'll link in the show notes, it's just like what? <laughs> like that's the nicest way I can put it. I honestly don't know what to say about that. It is really strange. A lot of the stuff that comes out of Japan, though, I have the same reaction. I'm like, it does what? have a it does have a penchant for being unusual. Penchant. Penchant. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting, and that's what I mean. Like it really, like you watch it, and you really get a sense of like, oh, that's where Power Rangers came from. Mm, well, just look at I like the it. Japanese version of McDonald's commercials. Yeah, <laughs> I can show you. Um, well, you know, the funny thing is, people still parody that stuff. I I know we talked about it in a pa- we talked about it in a past episode, way back. Um. But there was a friend of mine who's living in the UK. They did a uh, Japanese Doctor Who short. Mm. It was just a really brief kind of clip sort of thing, like an mm. intro. Mm. But it's still really funny. Like, I love it. It's <laughs> so good at it. <laughs> uh, it was one of those... Um, it was one of those things that was shot. And the joke was it was supposed to be footage of, like, the... Um, Footage from like the Japanese, it was supposed to be like an old Japanese Doctor Who from like the 70s, like Spider Man, hmm. essentially, was what they were going for. So it was, um, I might, yeah, I might be, I might be harsh and put that on the, put that on the, in the show notes again, just because it's worth watching. Why not? <laughs> Even just briefly. It's so weird. But my friend Aki plays, plays, doc, plays the Japanese Doctor Who. Hmm. And he's yeah, he's really he's really good at it. So it was one of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. You watch it and it's like, huh, yeah, that's totally that's totally what it would look like too. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's good uh, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not here to talk about Doctor Who. No. We're here to talk about Spider Man and specifically the newest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, although technically not distributed by Marvel. Mm. Uh, Marvel, it's Spider-Man Homecoming, mm. uh, which I'm thrilled. You know, they got they got to connect with the MCU. At least they're playing nice and right, allow, allowing it to kind of take part. And I think I think it's because Sony is the only way they're going to be able to keep the franchise and make money with it. Right, but. <laughs> Well, let's but get the still most pushing their own stuff too, which I think is right. weird. Uh, let's get the most important thing out of the way first. Should our listener stay for the credits? Is there stuff at the end of the credits? Yes. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, That's always sound, the thing. That's I, always I, something that somebody asked me. Like, oh, you saw it? Should I stay for the credits? Yes. yes. You absolutely should. And I'll. I. I Wonder I Woman, no. You, I don't want to tell you why. No, don't tell me why. Just say uh, there is something after the there credits. There is something a lot at of the people... end of the credits, and it will absolutely be worth it. I laughed my ass off. Good. Um, yeah, Good. there's a couple scenes. There's there's There are two. There are two sequences. There's one mid-credit and one at the end, which is the typical 
wonderful MCU sort of thing. But the mid credit one is a little more serious, but it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then the end was like awesome. <laughs> it was a total. Yeah, I sat I'll, through. I'll I sat through the credits for Wonder Woman. When yeah. I had to like, I had to go. Like I was crunched up against time. I had to go, and yeah. at the end, it was like the lights right. came well, on. DC doesn't do that though. They don't, they well, never, you never know. I was hoping, but DC does. And I, I hadn't read anything online about it before I went to see the movie hmm. that they that they were doing anything like that. So I was, I, but I stayed, I stayed through the whole credits as well, just because you know I was like, well, I want to see who's working on it. <laughs> you know? Sure, sometimes Why not? it's nice. Right. I always like to see how many visual effects companies actually work on these films. Right. Because usually when it's like you get up to like 15 or 16, I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, how much wow. are they outsourcing to get this stuff done? Right, exactly. You know, these temple movies, like they're single-handedly saving the visual effects industry right now because that's all. Yeah. Like a lot of those houses were in danger of closing. Sure. You know, sort of stuff for a long time, for a while, uh, especially because, you know, Weta down in, down in New Zealand can do like anything now. Mm-hmm. Like Weta and ILM have kind of dominated the industry, and so a lot of the smaller effects houses, you yeah. know, were were folding for a while, and even right. some that were doing big projects. And it was like, well, yeah. now they're starting to farm out a lot of the work because they just can't right. do it all themselves. Right. Well, and ILM so. is based here in uh, the Bay Area, and yes. uh, we actually we have a friend of ours that works there, so we got a we got a uh, kind of a private tour of ILM, and that was nice pretty cool well and that ilm really does cool. ilm does all the special effects for the marvel films including spider-man homecoming which is interestingly enough the first time uh sony like an effects movie for a for a spider-man film has been done by a company that's not affiliated or partially owned by sony whoa because ilm does all the mcu stuff yeah it's good stuff um so shocker you know <laughs> it's kind right. of well, but, their offices are amazing. Like this, yeah. the, the equipment. Well, they do. They the, do most the technology of they, they, they have. Yeah, they basically they're kind of like the point. They're the point guy for all most of the like special effects for the for the MCU, and so like they'll farm out that stuff in the end. And yeah, good for them. So I will. Um, we will now sound the spoiler horn for this. Uh, we are going to talk about this. We've got about twenty five to thirty minutes left in the episode, so we're basically going to talk about Spider Man pretty much for the rest of the episode at this point. Hooray. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, pause the episode, go watch it, come back, and then you can listen to us talk about the movie uh, a little bit. And should I won't go I? into huge deal again because Brian hasn't seen it. I know. I'm thinking, um, should I pause the episode now and walk away? And- well, you can. Yeah, I think you can. You can pause the episode as well, and then um, and then listen to yourself react to the spoilers later. Right. After you see That's the movie. what I'll do. That's what yeah, I'll do. Okay. Alrighty then. So, all right. So spoiler horn incoming. Okay. Yeah. All right. From here on out, we are talking about Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm going to try to do as much deal as I detail as I can without spoiling it. I think we'll just cover some main stuff, like there are moments that I liked, and there's a couple Easter eggs in there and things that are kind of cool. Right. Um, The whole movie overall, initial reaction, loved it. It was terrific. I wasn't like Wonder Woman, where I was like, you know, or Force Awakens, where I just, you right. know, I lost my lost my stuff. I just went bonkers. But it really was enjoyable. No, it was it was yeah. a really entertaining movie. Much like Wonder Woman ended, it was very positive. 
Good. And um, without going, like, there wasn't a lot of angst to it. There was a lot of humor. Hmm. Um, they said thematically that they were trying to make it like kind of like a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. If he was making a superhero film, then, hmm. yeah, it's pretty close, and, and it's, it's pretty close to that idea of like the John Hughes feel of like a high school experience oh. as well. So Peter Parker is a student. Basically, he's at like this magnet school for science, hmm. uh, science studies and stuff. And, you know, super smart kid. Obviously, it picks up. Basically, the movie starts. There's a pre-credit scene with uh, Michael Keaton and his guys. Basically, what it is they're salvaging from the Chitari attack after from the first Avengers movie? Oh. Like he's he's got a contract with the city to clean up this stuff and salvage the all of the alien artifacts and the material, basically oh. break it down and, and cart it away. When what shows up, of course, finally after after so many years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, almost ten years of the MCU, Damage Control shows up. Ah, now Damage Control is. Is was its own kind of Marvel limited series. They're they're a company. In this case, they're like a a federal department that they set up. But in the Marvel universe, in the comic book universe, Damage Control is a private corporation whose sole purpose is to clean up after superhero disasters. Oh, <laughs> so and I those superhero we, disasters and they are need, fantastic. They, they need their own series. Damage Control needs its own series because it's hilarious. Like the the comic book is it was at times very funny. Uh, but like that idea of like who are the people that clean up and rebuild after this? That's what yeah, I want right. to know. Well, because sometimes so, they're and, like yeah. they're knocking down buildings and things, and yeah, oh yeah, streets well, are just blowing up. Into, you know, like I said, you know, when you get into the Avengers and and so in like the disaster porn of of um, Age of Ultron and then Civil War to a lesser extent, but you know some of those movies where they're just blowing up whole thing, you know, like whole city blocks. Yeah, you need you need a company that comes in and cleans up and does that stuff. And so they're in this in the comic books. It's a private company that does that. Mm. In the movies here, they've established that Tony, like basically Stark Industries and the federal government, have colluded to create this company or called the U.S. Department of Damage Control. Wow! So they come in and basically kind of like Shield, they just secretly come in and and take over. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is Michael Keaton and his guys his salvage crew, and he's put all of his money into this contract. Yeah. Because he was like, well, I'll make a huge profit off of this. And, you know, he's basically a blue-collar worker. Yeah. And so the government comes in and basically just takes over and leaves him with nothing. Hmm. And so, but he finds out that he's left with a, a truck bed. One of their trucks is full of some of the alien artifacts hmm. that they had already hauled away. And so they decide to make weapons and sell oh, them. there you go. Pretty much. <laughs> so, and he's not, and that's the thing. Like, uh, what I like about the character is he's not, he's not stupid. Hmm. He's not like a super genius. He's got a, he's got a guy for that. But he knows what he wants to do with these, these things. And so, cut to eight years later. And I even say eight years later. And that's, you know, Peter Parker basically coming back from Berlin. Like, he hmm. show, they show it, they start, he basically is videoing it on his phone. Hmm. Like, the events, like when he goes to Berlin for Civil War. And like there are clips of him at the airport, and you see Ant Man grow into Giant Man in the background. It's like it's hilarious. Like it's really, mm. and it's perfectly timed because it's like you know, exa- absolutely a fifteen year old would do that, right? Like you, even if he's a superhero, you know he would totally do that. Yeah. Um, and like him showing off the costume, like because that's where he gets the suit that he shows up in in Civil War. 
yeah. is in Berlin. Like he he goes to Berlin with, but he has his old costume with him, mm. and and Happy is with him. John Favreau as Happy Hogan plays a huge role in the movie because mm. he's basically he's basically Peter's point guy. Like he doesn't work with Tony directly; he tasks it out to Happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, which I think is really funny. Um, and Happy doesn't want anything. You know, basically, it's so they can sideline the kid, pretty much. So they, they send him back with the suit. So he gets to keep the suit. And so it's about him basically becoming frustrated because he spends like six months. Or no, it was like two or three months not doing anything. Hmm. So he's like, he like, keeps texting Happy every day. He's like, when's my next mission? What am I going to do? What am I, you know? And in the meantime, he's still suiting up and hmm. cleaning up in the neighborhood and stuff. Hmm. And he's got his friend Ned. Um played by Jacob Batalon, who's kind of a relative newcomer. Fantastic. Mm. That kid is Ned, like, steals almost every scene he's in, even with Tom Holland, who's also amazing, mm. quote-unquote, as Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, he was terrific. And I love the idea, because he's a kid who wants to be able to do use his abilities, but, like, he feels like Tony's kind of holding him back a little bit, which he right. is. He totally right. is. Right. Like, they talk about that in one of the trailers, like the training wheels protocol or whatever in the suit. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a suit that Tony built for him, and they, and they, I'll I'll get to that. So, so he sees this girl Liz that he likes, and you know it's all the typical sort of high school stuff. Yeah. Um. What I one of the biggest one of the one of the little moments I really enjoy is when at the beginning he's walking into high school to just for another typical day at school, and they have the student newscast on the TV. You know where you know like AV kids would get together and yeah. do like a daily news. And the funny thing to me is I remember doing that when I was in high school. No way. And it felt just as awkward as watching it now as when I was doing it back then. Because, like, the lame jokes and some of the bad delivery and just, like, right. the little story. And I was like, oh, man, that takes me back. That's so cool. Uh. You know, and it was nice. Like, it was really, it was really one of those kind of cool things that I really enjoyed. And so they have a lot of comment. Like, he's a member. Like, Peter is essentially, like, one of the smartest kids in the school. Even mm. still, in a school, a magnet school of science, which is basically a bunch full of geniuses, mm-hmm. uh, he's still one of the smartest kids. And like they have the academic decathlon, and so he's really hot for this girl Liz. But then this other girl Michelle, who is weird because she's kind of she's almost goth without being goth. Like she's just really snarky and bitter about everything, mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. like is everywhere Peter tends to be. In school, like they're all in the same classes, and like I'm not stalking him, I just happen to be there. <laughs> I like right. drawing people in times of crisis, you know. There's little thing like she's always doodling and sketching and just like following people around. It's really weird, like how disinterested she seems to be, even though she's not. It, mm. it was played really well, I thought it was, um, except for a bit at the end that drove me kind of crazy, mm. um, which I'll get to. Okay, it was really what I really liked about the movie overall, and that's the thing, like. So then later what happens is he he stumbles on these guys Robin you see you see that in the trailer too like the guys at the ATM right. Robin you're not the Avengers right it's amazing how many little bits in the trailer are not in the film because uh, there's quite oh. a few like they showed the scene with Spider-Man and Iron Man like flying through the city or whatever yeah. not in the movie that was created just for the trailer uh, and that's become a thing now where they're creating more stuff for trailers that aren't in the movie like Rogue One had that with the the tie fighter Oh yeah, rising up when she's on the catwalk. Not in the movie. That is just for the trailer, right? Um, and so, but that's okay. But the stuff you see like that it doesn't take away from the movie. The fact that it's in the trailer, it's like I was watching for those bits. Yeah, and they never like they were presented in a different way. I'm like, oh, well, that still works. I liked it. Okay. So yeah, so the technology 
kind of goes way out of hand. And so Peter starts digging into, well, where are these weapons coming from? And Tony tells him specifically, don't get involved. Uh, this is not, this is above your pay grade. Don't do it. You know, just yeah. keep, just wait until I call you. And of course he doesn't listen because he's a teenager. Of course. So, and he enlists, he ends up enlisting Ned in his crusade after he comes home one night. Uh, Cause what happens is he, after that incident, he is suited up as Spider-Man. He comes back, his bag that had all his regular street clothes in it was stolen because oh. it was tucked away in a back alley and it got, oh. it got stolen or disappeared. So he went home in the Spider-Man outfit, climbs in his bedroom window to find his best friend Ned waiting for him. Right. <laughs> it totally like, doesn't see him when he goes in there. It totally, yeah. it, it's a really hilarious moment because he's trying to avoid Aunt May seeing him in the outfit. Yeah, Closes right. his door, turns around, Ned's literally sitting on his bed with the giant Lego Death Star <laughs> thing that they were supposed to build together. And it was yeah. just, he's like, you're Spider-Man. Oh my God. It just, yeah, from then on, it just, it was amazing. So mm. it was, I keep using the word amazing. I really got to stop using that with Spider-Man. It's it's too obvious. Mm-hmm. But and so what I really liked about this part was you know, so they go to basically Peter gets invited to Liz's house for a party. Right. You know, it's the typical kind of high school stuff and she lives out in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And so what I really liked about this was this is a moment where it shows why Spider-Man lives in the city. Oh. Very explicitly because he they had been talking about like he and Ned, Ned was pestering him with all these really stupid questions. Like, do you lay eggs? Do you, do you, you know, all these science-based questions about being a spider, you know, just yeah. like, do you crane flies? Do you, you know, it's like, no. Yeah. Um, but he asks about the, the web fluid that he shoots and stuff. Because obviously Spider-Man's a known quantity right. in the neighborhood. Because he's been around, he's been active for like six or seven months yeah. uh, just in the neighborhood. So people know who he is, know, know of his existence. And so... So Ned asked him this one time, do you ever just shoot, stand up on the top of a building, like shoot your web flow to see how far it will go? He's like, no, (laughs) I don't need to worry about that. So he's out in the suburbs. He sees this explosion. So he goes to suit up to go check it out. But he realizes there's nothing to swing from out there because it's all a flat, low line. He's literally in the suburbs. There's no tall buildings to swing off. Like he shoots the web flow. You see it just trail off into the distance. He's like, Oh man! So you just see him running through the neighborhood, a la Ferris Bueller. Yeah, right. Uh, through the back, of, through all, through a bunch of backyards and stuff, and that's what it's literally. And you actually see, literally, see a clip of somebody watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like that scene no as kidding. it's happening. Yeah, they did it. At, well, because and that's what they wanted. They wanted it in homage to a lot of John Hughes. Oh, that's awesome. kind of films, and that's why Jennifer Connelly's actually in the movie too. Oh, uh, because she was in um, Career Opportunity. She was in a couple of his mm-hmm, movies, mm-hmm. I think, when he was she was younger. But she plays the voice of Spider-Man's suit. Oh, which is revealed later, not right off the bat. It's kind of I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so they so he's chasing the villains. They get away. Um, because the vulture shows up, and that's is Michael Keaton as the vulture. The first time you see him in the flying wingsuit, oh. like in action, you do see it briefly at the beginning, earlier in the movie, when they're first setting up the whole premise. But then he's actually in action against Spider-Man, drops him in a lake, and he only he gets rescued by Iron Man basically, and finds out Iron Man's been tracking, like he's got a tracker in the suit, oh, built into the suit to to so he knows he knows everything that the kid's doing, right. So later on, they go to DC for this academic decathlon thing, and they're hacking into the suit basically to look because these two because obviously they're super smart, they're computer geniuses of their own. Hmm. And Ned is kind of the computer guy 
whereas Peter's more the physics guy. So they're he um, they're trying to disable the tracker in the suit, and that's the part where you see Ned is like he's got the suit has all these capabilities, but it's disabled by this training wheels protocol. Peter uh, convinces him to turn that off. Oh, so when he puts on this, the next time he puts on the suit, it activates. And the suit has its own AI, much like the Iron Man suit, much like Jarvis kind of, or Friday as is the current iteration of the the suit mm. AI. Mm. Um, but it's voiced by Jennifer Connelly, oh. and so for for the longest time he keeps calling her Suit Lady because he doesn't know what to call. It. And eventually, like you know, we need to give you a name. You can't have the but yeah. she instant. And there's apparently there's all these modes because Tony, as he always does, overbuilt the suit. Uh. So he gave it way more capabilities than he than Spider Man would ever need, including this instant kill. Oh. Or insta kill mode. And he's like, no, no, disable that. No insta kill. Because <laughs> he keeps telling the suit. Like, so he's got like a combat mode and an interrogation mode. And like it's very Tony Stark approach to an Iron to a Spider Man wow. suit. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> all this stuff, and like web grenades and just all of these extra things that he really doesn't need. Right. And it's like, and but the suit, when it's activated, the whole idea is the AI comes active once the training protocol is finished. Oh. So the suit assumes he's already had like these months of long and rigorous training program to know how to fully use the suit. Oh. <laughs> so there's some time spent with that. And he gets like locked in a vault accidentally at one point and he's trying to get out and he can't figure it out. It was really good. It was I don't and that's the thing, I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil a lot of the big moments in the movie for that. This this is the stuff that really that I was able to write notes about. So that was right. So Suit Lady becomes Karen. And they have like a heart to heart about his feelings about this girl Liz, and she's like, "You should tell her how you feel." And there's one point where he saves the kids, the academic decathlon team, because they're in an elevator in the Washington Monument, and something happens. Of course. So he's got to go in there. He's got to break into the Washington Monument, which you know, a solid stone except for the windows at the top, which is made of ballistic glass. So he's got to get in there. So he saves it, and there's one point they get off the elevator, and he's like still holding it up, and and the suit's telling him, "Tell her how you feel," and they're just staring at each other, and then the cable breaks, and the elevator he just falls. <laughs> it was just like, yes, that's perfect. That is perfect. Like John Hughes superhero comedy is what this yeah. would be. This is absolutely what it would be. Um, all the angst of high school without the angst, you know, <laughs> not like mm. not again, not CW level angst. Like it was just all the humor of it. Right. Played really, really well. Like I can relate to so much of that too. Yeah. So there are a couple of things. Um the a couple Spider Man villains who show up other than the vulture, because the vulture's the main guy, but some of his guys uh two of his guys take on the mantle of the shocker. Oh. Who's this guy who has like these electric gauntlets so he can punch and do a number of different like basically force gauntlets sort of things. It's one guy is the the first guy's a shocker and then he gets killed by the vulture when he betrays him and so then the second guy takes on the mantle which is kind of cool. Mm. Um and then there's uh Donald Glover shows up as this guy who's a thief and in the Spider-Man comics that character is the Prowler who oh. is related to Miles Morales the next Spider-Man. So there's and there's oh. rumors that Donald Glover was supposed to be playing of uh, playing Miles Morales in some form. Hmm. in a future Marvel movie. So I don't know for sure. In this movie, he was terrific. He always seemed like he's he always seems like he's overly stoned. I don't know. <laughs> Through the movie, he might have been while they were filming. I don't know. It's a very short appearance like cuz hmm. I think he had to head to London to film the Han Solo movie. Hmm. But um it was a good it was a good it was a good moment. The other thing that was interesting was the principal at Peter's High School is Principal Morita played by Kenneth Choi. And on his on the filing cabinet behind his desk, you see this picture. 
in black and white of him in an army uniform. Not him mm. specifically. What it is, if you remember the first Captain America movie, uh, Kenneth oh. Choi was in that. He was one of the Howling Commandos. Oh. One of the one of the cats. So presumably the, the idea is supposed to never explicitly say it, but the assumption is it's like his grandson. Oh. Who's now this principal of the high school <laughs> that, that Peter's working at. You know, it's one of those little Easter eggs where it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh. Because he doesn't say anything about it. The picture's just sort of there. Right. And I was like, oh, well, because I, and I knew because I know I'm good with actors and the faces and stuff. Like, yeah, he was in Captain America. And like, did they cast him into the role? And like, nope. That's actually, it's specifically meant to be linked. Um, Martin Starr, who is late, late of Silicon Valley and Party Down, saying plays like the academic decathlon coach. Uh, so there are some funny moments with him after the whole issue with the Washington Monument. He's like, I'm so glad that. All of the student, I didn't lose a student on a school trip. Hmm. I could, I couldn't handle that again. Hmm. So, <laughs> it was played for comedy, but it made me wonder. Like, I want to see that guy. I want to see what happened to him the first time that he lost the student on a school trip. Like, a student hmm. died while he was on a school trip. I'm like, oh my god, I want to see that story. Hmm. So there's little things that to tease out, but so he. He's getting closer with Liz. Like, Liz and Peter kind of connect, and she really, they do kind of like each other a little bit. Obviously, she, you know, he makes it, he, he does finally tell her how he feels hmm. after he's sitting in detention because he keeps cutting class and he drops out of the academic decathlon and then comes back and then drops out, and it just gets a little crazy. So, he's been sitting in detention hmm. for a whole bunch of time. Um, but he does tell her how he feels, and she becomes his date to the homecoming dance. Oh. So, and this is this is the big like <gasps> moment. Like he goes over to pick her out. Like he's really nervous. So he gets Aunt May to help him. You know, pre- you know, it's a whole comic montage about him getting dressed and like getting a quick primer on how to dance and hmm. um, some things. So she drives him over there to pick her up, uh, and her dad is going to take them to um, take them to the dance and stuff. So he goes up, rings the doorbell, door opens, and who else could it be that's standing there but Michael Keaton? <laughs> Because it turns out that he is her dad. Ooh. Ooh. Which is like you can totally see it coming. If you if like if you know John even John Hughes movies or just movies from the eighties and stuff, like it's totally yeah. predictable. But it was still like the funny thing was he has no idea who Peter is at this point. Peter knows who he that he's the guy in the suit. That he's yeah, the guy right. in the wingsuit that he's been fighting several times. And this is this is even after the Staten Island Ferry thing, because uh-huh. what happens with the Staten Island Ferry at the end is Iron Man comes up and helps him save keep the ferry from sinking and takes the suit away from him. Oh. As punishment. Because he's like, You didn't listen to me. You 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 messed with the suit. You didn't listen to me. You got involved. Like he and and Antonio revealed basically is like, Yeah, you think I haven't been watching? I've literally been watching everything you've been doing for the past six months. Oh. Like, I've been following your story. Like, I, Happy keeps me updated. Like, we do, I do pay attention, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. And he tries to give him that sort of dad talk Yeah. that he, that his own dad didn't give him. <laughs> so there's comic moments with that where he's just like, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, my own dad wasn't super supportive, so I'm trying to do that, you know? And it makes it even more awkward <laughs> at yeah. points. So, so, yeah, so while they're driving, the funny thing is while they're driving to the dance, you know, Michael Keaton's kind of grilling him as as the way any dad would do, right? To be honest, and but there are things that his daughter is saying about it, and the academic he starts putting it together, hmm. and he realizes that Peter is Spider Man oh. while they're driving, and the look on his face, like Michael Keaton 
he gets a lot of he doesn't get a lot of credit for being a but he really is a phenomenal actor. Hmm. And a lot of it, I think he got a pigeonhole early in his career with the comedies and stuff. You know, because yeah. he started with Night Shift and Mr. Mom and yeah. some yeah. of these other ones. And then he got Beetlejuice and then Batman. And then, right. But he doesn't really get a lot of credit for being a phenomenal. Like, he just seeing it in his face, there's not yeah. much movement, but you could totally see it. And you see, because Spider, like, Peter's totally nervous the whole time, like, the instant mm-hmm. he sees him. Mm-hmm. And you could chalk it up to being nervous, like a parent thing. But then yeah. he realizes, like, he knows why, because now they, they each know who the other is. Oh. And so when they get to the high school, he has his daughter get out and go in. I'm going to give him the dad talk, and mm. literally pulls a gun on him, threatens him <laughs> in the car. <laughs> it's but it's so menacing, like it's so menacing right. and so right. scary. But he even tells him, he even tells him, he's honest. He's like, "Look, you saved my daughter's life because she was at the Washington Monument with the elevator." Yeah, it, yeah. Yep. He's like, "I'm going to give you a pass, but here's what's got to happen: you got to walk away and never interfere with my business." And so naturally he doesn't, and he ditches the homecoming dad. Like he goes in there, walks up to her, and goes, "I gotta go. I'm sorry, I can't." <laughs> so he ditches wow. the girl he's been lusting after all year to go. It was like, "I gotta go. I gotta go stop him. I can't. I can't yeah. not stop him." And he left his old original suit, like the uh-huh. the hoodie and thing. He he always right. stashed it at school. And uh-huh. so he has a suit. Like, he doesn't have the suit, but he has yeah, a right. suit with the web shooter. Because the web shooters were his own thing. Yeah, right. So he has a suit. And immediately, he comes out. He gets, he gets beat up by the other shocker. Mm-hmm. His friend Ned just accidentally saves the day, which is terrific. Like, it was terrific. It was a terrific sequence. And you have to see it. I don't want to ruin it. So it was okay. really good. And then, so he goes off for the big thing because he finds out that the vulture is essentially going to raid Tony Stark's plane. What happens is at this point, this is a sequence after what it is. It's happening after Age of Ultron, but before Civil War, kind of, mm. or sort of during Civil War ish. Mm-hmm. It's there. He's relocating. He sold Stark Tower, Avengers Tower, to another company. I'm assuming mm. they haven't said it outright, but to me, it's going to become the Baxter Building. Uh. Like in my head canon, that's probably who it is. He sold it to like the Fantastic Four or something. So they're moving to the Avengers compound upstate that we see at the end of Civil War mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So or at the end of Age of Ultron, sorry. Mm. Um and that kind of thing. So so he's basically moving all of his stuff up there, but he's got all this tech in the plane, and that's what the vulture's gonna steal. Because eventually, like oh. I said, the the vulture is a thief. Who's been yeah. he's been robbing damage control using the alien technology that he already had to gain mm. more so he could sell weapons. Mm. So they he goes up there to create that basically one last heist essentially that will leave them set for life with all that because he's it basically he's got on this plane he's got crates full of arc reactors <laughs> like oh. those mini arc reactors that power the suits. He's got a couple of his own suits up there. He's got like the Hulkbuster wow. armors on the plane apparently mm. stuff like that. So and Happy's in charge of moving it. So that becomes the big fight scene, the final fight scene, is Spider-Man gets to the plane, and they basically, or he basically trailing, like hanging on to Vulture at the end. There's a whole dramatic fight scene with them before that that I don't want to ruin because it's a really great. They, there's one schmaltzy moment in there that kind of ugh, took me out of it for a second, but it was fine. Oh. And it's mm. basically Peter coming to terms with who he is and what he can do. Mm. Um but there's a shot that he sees a reflection of himself in a puddle of water, and it's like half his own face and half the, the Spider-Man mask. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? Did you need that shot, honestly? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, okay, I can live with it. That's fine. Um, so they so they have their big fight, and the plane crashes at Coney Island, 
destroying a couple pieces of Coney Island in the process. But what happens, what I really loved was the vulture, like the suit is malfunctioning, but he's still trying, much like the end of the last crusade with the grail, like he's trying to still get away with the the tech. And the the wings are about to blow up and Peter's trying to stop him and save his life. Yeah. And he doesn't see that. And so there's a big explosion and Peter runs into the fire to Mm. pull him out to save him Mm. from death, essentially. Even though he knows that means he's going to prison and his life's out, but he does it for Liz and just yeah. because he's a really great human being. Like I just mm. I loved the respect of that. That for once, even in the Spider Man movies, like the previous Spider Man movies, the villain always died. Wow. And he saved him this time. I was like, that's awesome. I yeah. was so happy about that. And even Wonder Woman, that was like an issue. You know, it was like Yeah. You know, the, the yeah. villain died Ares Ares dies at the end, and it's like, well, okay. But yeah, Spider-Man actually literally saved saved the villain, and that comes back later at the end. So at the end of the movie, Liz, his girl, this woman who would be his girlfriend, moves is moving away. Obviously, they're leaving for Oregon because they want to leave this uh, behind. And her dad yeah. even told tells his wife and his daughter, "Just I don't want you here for the trial. I want you to go yeah. somewhere else. You know, go yeah. go away for now, and then we'll figure it out eventually." Because he he did everything for his family. Like he was just trying to. Mm-hmm. Like, he went into the arms sales just because he was just trying to support his family. And he makes a whole speech yeah. about that, which was terrific. Like, I thought it was a great argument. It's a whole, you know, 99% sort of thing. Yeah, right. um, and it was really well done. And so what happens is Tony Stark flies. There's a scene at the end where Happy and Spider-Man drive upstate to the Avengers compound. And Tony makes yeah. him an offer to join the Avengers. And opens a vault and shows him a new suit. And it's basically the Iron Spider suit from the from the comic books oh. that Tony has built for him. And Peter Park and Parker, Peter turns him down and walks away. He realizes, like, no, I'm better off being where I am and learning my way up. I still have a lot of stuff to learn, and I just I'm happy being the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. You know, like they because yeah. that, that line they they use that jokingly a couple of times. He's like, yeah, I'm. I think I'm just going to go back to being where I am because he realizes like he's going to lose his friends and because they want him yeah. to move into the Avengers compound supposedly. Yeah. And he walks off, he starts to walk off and he comes back and you're like, wait, this was a test, right? Was it? And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. You know, Tony was like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. You know, it was, yeah, and you passed good job, you know, yeah. happy, happy old drive you home. Uh-huh. And then it, they walk off and then you see, because he talks about, it, there's a room full of reporters waiting and they want to introduce him as the newest Avenger. Essentially, they were going to have a press conference and everything. Oh. Supposedly that's what he tells them. And he's like, yeah, no, it was totally a test. It's fine. You know, closes yeah. the vault, hides the suit. He walks off. All you see is this door open and there's a whole bunch of reporters in there. So it was like a real thing. <laughs> Cause oh. he thought the kid, he thought the kid would jump at it and, yeah. and who comes out, but pepper, oh. which is interesting because it's like, well, wait a minute, civil war. I thought they were kind of broken up. What happened there? I'm really curious mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So apparently they made up. So they were like, and she's all, wait, where'd the kid go? <laughs> like he left. Yeah. Well, yeah, he turned down. What? No, what are we supposed to do? We've got a room full of reporters. What are we going to tell him? Yeah. And so he turns to Happy. He's like, Happy, you got the ring. Oh. And so it's the engagement ring. And he's like, Happy, there's a joke because Happy's like, I've been holding on to this since 2008. Are you kidding? <laughs> and they, they just look at him like, really? That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, so they decide to, yeah, so that, that oh, they're going to nice. walk into being gay, you know, not their engagement kind of thing. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's I'm nice. glad they talked Gwyneth Paltrow into coming back into the movies. Yeah. Well, because what happened after Iron Man 3 was her contract ended. Oh. So that's why she wasn't in Civil War, because they didn't agree to a new contract at the time. So I'd be curious to see if she's in Infinity War. 
Huh. I'd love to see her suit up as Rescue, which is the Iron Man suit that, she, which is the Iron like the Stark technology suit that Tony builds for her, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of I'd be I think it'd be cool if she took over as Iron Man, sort of, because mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be there forever. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see uh, see what happens with that. But and that's kind of where they ended as part. You know, Peter goes back to his life and stuff. So at one point he gets home from the Avengers Upstate, and the last scene is in. There's a bag on his bed, and it's the suit that Tony, the the earlier suit he was wearing. Yeah. So Tony gives it back to him and goes, "I think this is Zurich." So he's wearing it. He tries it on, and it's great because he pulls the mask off. He's like in his bedroom, yeah. and you turn around, and the door's open, and Aunt May's standing there. Oh. Like. <laughs> And she's like, what the... F-? And it goes to credits. It was so... It's still funny. Even when you see it, it's hilarious. Because it's like, she's not that kind of person, like the entire movie. Right. And then you just like... <laughs> it's just so jarring at the end. It was great. So yeah, so there are two credit sequences. The first one is mid-credit, kind of the typical mid-credit sort of follow-up to the movie itself. And it's and it's Michael Keaton's character in prison. Hmm. And he meets up with this guy who showed up briefly earlier in the movie and was injured during the Staten Island Ferry fight, but it, who, who will be playing the Spider-Man villain Scorpion. And you could kind of oh, see it, like yeah. the way he... Because he had all these pins in his arm from where it was broken, and he's got the scar in it. Like, he looks like already... like a, And he's got a scorpion tattoo on his arm, so it was kind of oh. a giveaway. But he's questioning Tombs as to... Because, like, rumor has it, you know who Spider-Man is. Oh, and you yeah. see this look on his face for a moment. He's like, if I knew who he was, he'd be dead already. And he walks off to see his family. So it was, I suspect other people will figure out who he is in the next Spider-Man movie because of that. But it was, it was kind of a cool, like nice, yeah, way to go, man. That's a, that's a solid, you know, that's a solid move. Props. You know, it was like, that was really, because he did something nice for him. So it was sort Mm -hmm. of, it was like returning the favor, I think a little bit. And so, okay. So the end credit, the post credit sequence. So throughout the movie, there are at the high school. There are these educational films starring Captain America. Oh, as Chris Evans in the suit. This is like pre Avengers. Like he does a bunch of these like promotional sort of, or at least before. I think it's before Winter Soldier. At least yeah. he does these uh, promotional, um, these educational films. So there's one they're showing in gym class about the physical fit, like the Captain America fitness challenge. There's another one when he's in detention, and there's another one like there's a biology one. So, <clears throat> so what you see post credit is just a white screen, and he comes on and gives this speech about patience. Oh, and it's a total. Basically, all it is, it ends. It's a total troll of the audience because hmm. it's basically like sitting around waiting for something to happen, hmm. and then nothing does. Sort of, hmm. and basically that's it. Like he's basically troll. Like it's, they're entirely trolling the audience for sitting through all the credits. Yeah. For the post credit sequence. Anyway, I laughed so hard. Like, I was just like, oh my God, wonderfully done. That was well done. That was the perfect, that was one of the most perfect trolls I've ever seen. The, they, the only way they could have done it better was if they had popped up the Rick Dastley video. <laughs> I just, uh, seriously, I, I like, there's no, it was so well, it was so subtle at first. And I realized, like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Oh, oh. Slam on the fans. That's nice. That was, it was actually, yeah, it was done tastefully and funny. Like, it was really funny. So, yeah. And, and, and then he turned, you see, I mean, like, Chris, like, Captain America turns the camera, like, how many more of these we got to do today? Because <laughs> 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 all of the videos are him in front of a white screen like that. So it's that same right. format. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was really funny. So, yeah. So it was, 
So well, Spider-Man right. Homecoming, and you get to see Spider-Man will return. Duh. Yeah. I think they're all... I think like every movie is doing that now, like James Bond. <laughs> like They will return. Doctor Strange will return. The Avengers will return. Like, yeah, right. we know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> it's okay. They've already got the Spider-Man sequel. They've got Infinity War they're filming right now. You know, I'm curious to see what kind of role Spider-Man plays in Infinity War and how big it's going to be. Yeah. There are rumors flying now, especially that they're trying to set him up to be essentially the next Tony Stark. Hmm. Like he's going to be the tech guy for the Avengers and and build into that. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I think is what mm-hmm. they want. But I don't know if that'll, I'd be interested to see if that'll happen. I'm sitting there like, what I really liked about Tom Holland's approach was he approaches it as a guy and as, as an actor, especially he doesn't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, and he was only like 19 when they started filming this, and the youngest guy cast as Spider Man like ever. Yeah, and very age appropriate. So he's like super excited about it, and like he wants to be doing more with all of these abilities. And then he realizes through the course of it, like that's yeah. the really mature thing. Was like, like no, I'm not ready yet, mm-hmm. but I will be. You know, I'll work mm-hmm. on it. You know, I want to keep staying here. But we, if you need me, call me, and I'll you know, mm-hmm. I'll I'll jump in. Yeah. So yeah, so they set that up pretty well, and I'd be interested to see the sequel because they've already announced it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. And that'll be after Infinity War. At some point, they'll film that. He's doing other movies in the meantime, too. So it's kind of interesting. Right. Um, they had him on the Nerdist podcast. Obviously, it aired this week, with or last week, with the opening of the movie. But it was filmed several weeks... It was, it was recorded several weeks before that. And he talks about, as an actor, like approaching all of the... Because the idea is that some of this could go to your head. And, and so Chris and, and he and Chris Hardwick talk about this a little bit. And he was like... And he was just on the verge. He hadn't even turned 21 yet. Like, he was yeah. turning 21 before the movie opened. But yeah. like, and we're like, what are you going to do with that? Because obviously in the UK, you, you only have to be 18 to drink. Right. So he was just like, yeah, we, I mean, drinking's already happened. Like, it's not a big deal. I'll probably have a beer and go to bed because I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he talks about the fact, he's like, yeah, I just, I don't take it all that seriously. Like, all the fame and that, like, I, there's no point. Like, it's yeah. just because it's, it just, it is what it is. And. Um, there's rumors circling around the internet now that he and the girl who plays Michelle Zendaya, who is like a Disney kid, essentially mm-hmm. came up in the Disney Disney program, yeah. um, are dating. Mm. But it's funny because they they the two of them took to Twitter and were joking with each other about it, mm. and everybody's like. But the funny thing everybody takes away from that is like, well, they didn't explicitly say they weren't dating. Like, guys, let it go. Mm. Who cares? You know. I'm going to say they're probably not. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? They're probably just friends, and that's literally it. Yeah. It's not like Hiddleston and Taylor Swift, where they were literally dating with each other just to raise their profiles or something, at least hers. Mm. Mm. And then they broke up. Like, it was just like, oh, you know, like those manufactured relationships drive me crazy. Right. I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't um, pay attention to any of that. Yeah. And I, I just, I happened to see that this morning while I was researching other stuff. And I'm like, huh. really? This is worth your time? Really? So, you know, kudos to Tom Holland, kudos, big, big ups to Michael Keaton, Jacob Batalon, again, as Ned, was fantastic. Um, and he keeps wanting to be Spider-Man, what he calls the guy in the chair, hmm. who's like the tech guy. And he does get to be the guy in the chair so, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the end. Like, he's kind of like, yes! So that was, that was kind of cool. I really enjoyed that. Marissa Tomei as Aunt May was terrific. Oh. And the funny thing is, she's completely oblivious, like, everybody's hitting on her. 
very mm-hmm. subtly, even when she's not around. Like when they're talking to Peter, like, how's your aunt doing? You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, and Peter's all like, Ugh. but she seems to not even notice. Like yeah. She's not even paying attention to it, which I think is terrific. And I want to see yeah. more of her backstory, and I hope they get into it in the next movie now that she knows he's Spider-Man. Or is, right. how is he going to get out of that? That's going to be super awkward. Right. I'm glad she knows, though. Honestly, because that's like, other than Lois Lane, that was in the comic books, that's like the biggest fake out for decades. And I just, it drives me crazy. Like, mm. how would she not figure it out? Mm-hmm. Like, she's not stupid. Right. So, you know, I'm just like, she's got, why would she not know? So, yeah. So definitely go see Spider-Man Homecoming. I think it's, it's certainly the most upbeat Marvel movie that we've had in a while. And we needed that. It was a good change of pace. I mean, Doctor Strange wasn't too bad at that, but I think it's the first like really solidly upbeat Marvel movie we've had actually ever. Now that I think about it, because they all kind of have their own angst, where Spider Man doesn't really have that yet. Right. You know, Iron Man's got his daddy issue. Like every every superhero has their daddy issues, and even Peter does to some extent. But it's not like. Mm-hmm what they did with the previous Spider-Man movies where it was like weighing him down so much. It's just kind of mm-hmm. with uncle Ben and all like, no, like he's finding his way. He'll be fine. You just let him be the kid for a yeah. while. Maybe he'll grow into it and maybe he'll get angsty later. I don't know, but I think yeah. he seems like he's got a pretty level head on his shoulders and I'm really interested to see where they take this, uh, this version of Spider-Man. Yeah. Now. I hope it, yeah. I hope it stays around for a, a while. So, and doesn't get rebooted in like four or five years. Yeah. Right. We'll see. Well, well done, sir. Thank you oh, for that awesome <laughs> synopsis. I felt so like it, it was story time. I was like, and then what happened? Yeah. It, and it, then is, what and happened? it feels like that when you watch it. Like, it really does feel like that when you watch it. Like, like, I never got tired. I didn't have to go to the... Usually, I end up having to go to the bathroom like halfway through these movies and stuff, but I wasn't even paying attention to that till the end. Mm. Um, and it was really well done. I, lo- I still, like I said, I love the fact that he saved the villain at the end. Mm-hmm. It was very kind of Doctor Who everybody lives sort of thing. You know, it was a very nice moment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The post credit scenes were great. Aunt May was terrific. I just that ending with Aunt May finding out was just so like, oh my god! It was. Yeah. I was excited. I was super excited for that. So it was. That oh, was good. one of the things. I was hoping it would happen, but that was really unexpected. Um, nice. Let me see. Oh, uh, trailers. Basically, if you've been if you're online and all nothing, you haven't seen Geostorm. Right, uh, which is now looks like it's being marketed as more of a comedy, more of an action comedy than just a straight disaster movie. Oh, right. which is interesting. But well, I think it's just they cut it with more funnier bits from the film. I think it's still just the same Roland Emmerich sort of disaster movie with humor in it, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the other movies have been. I think right. they're just playing up the comedy a little bit more. Uh, Black Panther, big shocker. Yeah, no, uh, no Ragnarok this time. Hmm. I was kind of surprised since that's like the next Marvel movie. Like there was no Ragnarok trailer. Hmm. But I think that's the only one they have is the one that's been out for a couple months, so it kind of makes sense. Okay. But the Black Panther one they released has been out for a while too, so I don't know. It's the same. Yeah. And I've seen all these online, so like the Dark Tower, right? Um, which I'm actually kind of interested in seeing. I never read the books, but I'm hmm. kind of curious about it. Uh, Jumanji, that you don't. That actually look. That actually looks kind of funny. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that trailer yet um, for the new I have Jumanji seen the movie. Yeah, yep. it's, it's mm-hmm. that trailer, but it's yeah. I'm intrigued enough to be like, okay, maybe I'll watch it. It's kind of a, a new take on the same thing, like sure. a reboot sort of thing, but it's interesting. And then they did uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, but it wasn't the trailer. It was the actual opening sequence of the movie. Oh. Which I thought was kind of... And I watched it and went, yeah, okay. Well, I'll check it out. Mm. It's and, and it's about what I expected. Like, it's visually interesting, 
some of the early reviews I've read it because it opens next weekend. Mm-hmm. Some of the early reviews I've read of it though are not great. Like it's visually interesting, but story wise, it's like. <laughs> so it's I it's basically eye candy. I'm like, okay, so it's like Oblivion or uh, some of the things where just visually it's just amazing, but story wise and it just sort of. And mm. and the two leads, Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne, like I'm not a big fan. I don't hate mm. them. I just they mm. don't really do anything for me. And so putting them together in a movie really doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't know, but I am curious enough. I'll probably go see it, and I'll probably see it in the theater because visually, I think you want that kind of like large format experience to see a movie like that. So I, I will probably yeah. go see it. Yeah. Um, in the theaters, it was interesting, and the opening sequence was kind of cool because the city of a thousand planets starts on Earth. Mm. That's where they build it. It's built out of the International Space Station, and it just keeps uh-huh. building over dec- over decades. Like it's mm. really cool. Like if you when so I recommend seeing it. I don't know if it'll be released online somewhere or so, but if you get a chance to see that sequence, it is actually really cool. So because like, mm. it shows you how Alpha how the city became to be. So that was kind of that was really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's uh, that'll do it. I think we ran a little long today, but that's uh, for this episode and. Well, it was very great. riveting. I was on the edge of my on the edge of my seat the whole time. Good, and and that's the thing. Like, there's more stuff in the movie that I didn't cover nah. deliberately, so you could see it. Because I think, well, it's just filler. I mean, I gave you the main highlights of the movie. Yeah. But the even the filler is interesting. Like every little moment, like you watch it, it's kind of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, and yeah. <laughs> that's good, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially if you've been through the high school experience like that, like you can relate. It's a bit, like I said. They really captured that John Hughes feel of being able to relate to the high right. school experience, right? And I really enjoyed that. So that was. Wonder, I wonder what this thing being, is even with even more uh, than it being a superhero movie. Like it's a high school movie, and it was like, yeah, all right. right. Well, what is this thing? I, I wonder what this thing is with Marvel and the John Hughes Ferris Bueller connection. Do you know? Well, no, they were because they, we saw it in Deadpool too, right? Well, Deadpool. I think they just wanted to. Well, that was that's more of a reference thing because that was right. Fox. That really wasn't a Marvel because that's not a Marvel Studios franchise. Oh, like Deadpool is just Fox because they own the rights, so it's just Fox. Oh. And that's just them riffing on that kind of stuff, and and oh, I that, see. and that makes perfect sense for Deadpool. But they were deliberately trying for that feel of a John Hughes movie when they were making Spider-Man: Homecoming. They've even said that publicly, like that was kind of. Oh, what they well, were trying good. to what they were trying to achieve, and boy, did they nail it! Good. They really did. Um, one extra tidbit: this is not in the movie, but they talked about this. There were there were rumors on the internet flying around that if you remember from Iron Man two, um, at the end at at the Stark Expo when all the suits, all the evil suits are flying around blowing stuff, and you see the kid in the Iron Man mask mm-hmm. come up at that one point with the glove and stuff. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the, there was a fan theory that that was a really young Peter Parker, because oh. they never explicitly say it. And Tom Holland actually said, legitimately, he asked Kevin Feige for permission to say it officially, and it is actually Peter Parker, oh. which is perfect because it's age appropriate. Yeah, at the time he would grow into be he would be high school at this point. Like it actually yeah. makes perfect sense that it's actually him. Even though yeah. it's not actually, you know, obviously it's not actually him, but it's that idea of like, well, now Canon has said that is Peter Parker. It's mm. a little Easter egg. And like, that's kind of a retro Easter egg of like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. And it makes, it does make perfect sense. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm good with that. Uh, head yeah. Canon accepted. Bing. <laughs> yeah, so. Ding. So, yeah. So Jennifer Connelly is the suit. Well, the funny thing is, Jennifer Connelly plays the Karen, the voice of the suit. That's why he ends up calling her as Karen. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. I honestly was hoping he would call her Mary Jane. 
just because there's no Mary Jane Watson in the movie. Mm. So because it turns out that Michelle, the Zendaya character, like at the end, she's like, my friends call me MJ. I'm like, no, mm. no, her name oh. is Michelle. It's not Mary Jane. Don't do that. Oh. I was, I felt that that just was like a oh, knife in the gut. But it was, it was a very brief moment, and it didn't really detract from the rest of the movie for me. So, right. like, all right, I'm good with that. Right. Um, but Jennifer Connelly, interesting. You know, Jennifer Connelly's husband, Paul Bettany, was the voice of Jarvis. Oh, as well, and I think that's part of why they cast her as well. And is now, and now he's on camera as the Vision, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, but she's the, now she's the voice of Karen at this other thing. And I was, I thought it was, yeah, it was really cool. So I, I mean, they put a lot of thought into it, and they were very careful with it. And right. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with the future Spider-Man movies and his place in the MCU. And mm. if they're smart, Fox will get on board so they could bring the Fantastic Four and the X-Men back in and get mm. a piece of this action and really turn it into a multi-studio yeah. collaborative, kind of like the way Touchstone Pictures was originally created for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Because mm. that was like a Disney and Warner Brothers co-company that was created specifically for that movie so they could oh. use all the rights oh, right. and have all the characters premiere and stuff. Um, I want to see them. They don't have to make like a whole. They could do a Malcolm Studios now. Um, hmm. That's a good, good deep cut reference for the comic book fans out there. Um, Went right but, over my head. Yeah, well, and I don't, I, I don't have time because we're at the end of the episode. I don't have time to go into to detail about it. But um, every tease, big tease. Uh, but it's, I would love to see them do that, do more of that, and be because Disney's got an embarrassment of riches. And I think they, you know, there's nothing wrong with sharing a little bit of that with other studios. If nothing else, to keep the lawsuits and give them off their back, and maybe take some of the load right. off. But it takes oh, some of the go. load off in creating all of because that way they can't create all of these movies themselves. Hmm. Let some other studios like let them do what they have the rights for for now as like a co-production, hmm. and you know, be more collaborative in the experience. I think that would be really good. I think it would hmm. be a smart move. But yeah, I don't, I don't run those studios, so I don't have any mm-hmm. say in the matter. So thank you all for listening to uh, listening to me blather about Spider-Man Homecoming and us talk about Spider-Man in general. Um, Wonderful. Next week, our uh, our older movie club. I'm not sure what we were going to call it. Bad movie. Uh, not necessarily bad because they're not all terrible. So far, they haven't been great. But vintage movie club. Our, our mediocre movie club. I don't know. <laughs> our, but our series uh, continues next week with DC Cab. So. Um, 1983 film DC Cab, or as I like to call it, Cabby Shack. Uh, um, so come back and uh, check out that episode next week. And until next time. Spider Man, Spider Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like guys. Look out, here comes the Spider Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big pain. Wherever there's a pain, you'll find a Spider-Man.